one shot, one shot, one opportunity to bomb it like you've always wanted. In one moment, one moment, would you hit driver or just lay up? His grips are sweaty, breeze weak, hazards heavy. There's ketchup on his polo already, vodka in the Yeti. He's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting to keep his head down. His group goes so loud, he knows his next move, but his miss freaks him out. He's choking up how everybody's laughing now. The boy's howling, clubs up loud. Snaps back to the left again. Oh, there's a penalty. Oh, reload. Welcome to the Bomb Squad Podcast with your hosts, Matt Smith and Jerry Lou. Hello, friends, and thank you for joining us for episode number 12 of the Bomb Squad Podcast, the podcast for gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit. I'm your host with the most, Jerry Lou, and with me as always, he's a thing of beauty. He is Matt Smith. What's up, Smitty? What up, what up, what up? Not much, man. Not right, we're, much. We're recording this and dropping this a little late in the week for you guys. The new tournament, which is coming up, I'm sorry, new tournament, I just, I just got out of the car from vacation, is probably going to be having the first round underway as you're hearing this we're recording this on a wednesday night but this is literally the best i could do smitty how are you you've been playing golf lately you know what haven't been playing that much just played uh one round with the boss in the last two weeks there at uh st thomas golf and country club uh on saturday with uh ty tourney boss so yeah Mm -hmm. he uh he was too cowardly i guess you could say to take me on -on one-on-one um so we went with a two-man best ball and and he ended up getting me but uh yeah it wasn't my best but uh you know hit a cold top with a driver which i've never done since i was about 10 years old yeah a lot of bad shots lately but i haven't topped one yet yeah i had the shanks on the range warming up and then tossing a a topped driver so at that point i was actually one under through five believe it or not and i just had no idea where the ball's going and it ended up catching up to me I think that was the last I heard from you when we were talking. What's that, uh, that you were one under through five? And then, uh, then uh, much like that Glee singer, we just lost you, like, in the lake for a few days. I mean. I got dropped. Some- I, I got dropped from coverage right after the Harold Varner top tee shot. So, it was a tough scene. That's unfortunate. I mean, ouch. Drop, <laughs> drop from coverage. We call that a DFC. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shucks. Well, uh, well, um, uh, my golf lately, uh, thanks for asking, um, it was uh, pretty epic, uh, considering that we didn't uh, spend the usual seven days between our recordings. It's been about 10 or 11. And I'll get to all that in a second. But first, uh, your drink looks like it use a drink. A long time ago, someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles. In some of these bottles, they put juice or milk, and that was stupid. Today, only alcohol and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods. It's time for beers and bourbon, because good advice only comes in a bottle. That was Tourney Boss that you heard, bourbons and beer, or bourbons and bullets, <coughs> bells, bourbons and bullets, whatever the segment is called. Ow, now, Smitty brown cow. Smitty boy, what are you drinking? Uh, just going with the standard, Ryan Ginger tonight, keeping it simple. I'm should, pl- we playing a... this, should we even do this segment? I thought it'd be like fun or whatever, but it, like it's like we're doing the same crap. I mean, or do we just have problems and like only seventy people are figuring it out? Well, no, like I'm I'm on the road today. I'm playing a road game right now, so uh, I'm at the girlfriend's place. So I, I I did have a nice coffee stout from Sons of Ken Brewery called Spirit Wolf. <laughs> Very good beard, um, infused with uh, coffee. So it was a, sorry, coffee blonde, which I say coffee stout. Oh, it was a coffee no, yeah. blonde. Well, when you said coffee, I, 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 I was going to, I'd be shocked if you said it was infused with hot dog, honestly. I mean. Yeah, I don't know if that would taste very good, though. Oh, it would taste we're, amazing. <laughs> worth, yeah, Joey Chestnut would drink those by the case. Yeah, but he doesn't do that for flavor. He just does that for speed, brother. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, God, I did, I'm sorry. I didn't know that was when the conversation was going to die. <laughs> no, I, I heard it. I guess I got the usual too. I got the uh, Enzo Ferrari um, uh, bourbon with uh, uh, the uh, top shelf Coca Cola. I thought style. that was I thought that was the Brooks Brooks Kepka. 
Well, we haven't seen or heard from him much either lately, so maybe he can show up with my bourbon and uh, we'll, uh, we'll get things underway. So at any rate, I'm, uh, yeah, back home from the trip. Didn't really drink too much on uh, my vacation. I was having some stomach issues, but I don't want to be too public about that because now the CDC has uh, informed us that nausea is now a, uh, a common uh, symptom of COVID. So uh, I'm fine. Everything is fine. I'm a little tired. I'm not tired anymore. It's fine. Uh, fine, did, fine. Everything's fine. I wouldn't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't even worry about it. Stop worrying about it. Um, I went and played a lot of golf and stayed in a lot of nice places with uh, the girlfriend <clears throat> recently. And we, um, which gosh, we, uh, I guess we've been referring to each other as married for a lot of these deals so much that like, even at one point we we're at this bar and the guy's like, uh, the owner of the resort is just like, so uh, how long have you guys been married? And we looked at each other for like, probably as long as we've been married and just in silence, kind of like, uh, what, are you going to say the wrong number? I'm going to say the wrong number. Like, like we have to come up with a ruse right now. But uh, we, um, there's a golf, uh, I'll make it brief. I uh, played three courses recently. There was a golf course in central Oregon to kick it off called Tokatee. And I would say Tokatee is the ultimate Oregonian course because playing it, I had a good time. First time I've played it in 20 years. Second time I've played it in my life. It's an elevated course slightly. Very tiny greens, nice greens. The conditions are tremendous. They got giant, giant ass pine trees in the middle of the fairway. It's a lot of fun. You can hit near the trees and still, like, you know, be in it. It's a scorable course. Uh, it's just literally in the middle of nowhere. There's, like, a gas station two miles outside of it and then, like, a town of, like, 100 people, like, 30 minutes outside of it. And then it's, like, another hour further to Eugene, Oregon, or Bend, Oregon, in either direction. So we uh, stayed the night in Eugene, played Tokatee, then went on up to Sylvie's Valley Ranch up in middle of the fuck nowhere, northeastern Oregon. It's a ranch that has 160,000 acres. I misquoted the acres last time we were talking. 160,000 acres... Matty boy, I looked it up. There, that's bigger than six countries in this planet. This ranch is bigger than, and I know the Vatican's just a city, and like Moldova's about the same size or whatever, and Liechtenstein and Luxembourg is nothing to write home about acreage-wise, but this is 160,000 acres, and this is just a ranch. It's been around forever, but this family's been on it for a few years. Got to know the son there. He took a shooting guns. You might have seen that on, on uh, Twitter. I was showing my manhood pretty good, but that was a 50 caliber pistol. My hand still hurts, goddammit. I mean... Ooh, that thing had some kick. But anyways, this is a golf podcast. And uh, the golf course they have there, folks might have seen it on my Twitter handle, at Jerry Lou Looper. This golf course has goat caddies. These goat caddies can only be used at a couple of the venues. We use it at the par three course, which is to call it a golf course. It had all the features, but all the holes were 70 to 120 yards. You only carry a few bags, like few clubs on the goats. And it turns out um, these are the only two goat caddies, at least known currently, that are goat caddies in the world. There might have been goat caddies back in the past, but it evidently it takes a long time to train these assholes. <clears throat> and these are the only two. And, they, and then like the, the, the pictures I showed you, there's a dark face one. He's the older one. He's the original. And the, the brown face one that I took out, he's his younger brother. And I guess they've been doing it for three years. That's as long as they've been doing it. But, um, and, and they're the lucky ones because goats are called Shivon on that property and they are bred to be slaughtered for food. And I got to eat some of those goats. And it is it is, if you've ever been to Mexico, you understand, you're like, I know why they use goats now. It tastes like fajita meat right away. It's delicious. <clears throat> Plus, they also have the best free-range cattle on this property, too. It's just, it's a ranch. It's all this good stuff. But they have a, so they have all these gimmicky golf courses there. But one of the rounds we played there was on the legit 18-hole course. There's two 18-hole courses there called Hankins and, oh, God, and Craddock. They're just, like, a bunch of old, fa it's like Hatfields and McCoys, the families back in the area. It's literally old cowboy area. I, I can tell you some great golf nerd stories about it in another podcast. I mean, I guess the No Laying Up guys were just there three weeks ago. I missed them. Um, uh, Eric Anders Lang has been like you. I think he was the first like golf socialite or luminary to get out there, and he's well documented. But um, the goats were fun. They had a handler. The goat likes to eat the grass, so the goat is always slacking behind. It's uh, you know, it's, it was for the <clears throat> the novelty of it, and I and since I'm a caddy in real life, I wanted to get some. Uh, some uh, fun takes with the goat and I got a couple I didn't get as many as I wanted but then we played uh, the one of the 18 hole courses now I said they have two 18 hole courses there it's the same 18 holes they just reverse it and I tell you what every single hole looked great from either angle um, it's at a decent elevation of like 4,000 feet so I mean you're hitting the ball around I mean it was a really great course so we enjoyed it and then then we drove back to Bend and the next day we uh, when we left Sylvie's Ranch after three days I got to play pronghorn the nicholas course which is they have a public and a private 18 and the fozzy is the private and the public is the nicholas side i've never played a nicholas course before it very very interesting i know i know now that there is a distinction in people's opinions and what uh different uh architectures 
and uh, offer and what they like. But um, to my knowledge, it's the first Nicholas course I played and I freaking loved it. Uh, there was one hole that was sadistic that I want to talk to you about in design that I looked at it saying like, yeah, anyone else would be putting a pistol in their mouth or, or finding Nicholas and putting it behind his head. I get it. But uh, we played Pronghorn, which is, if you take all the band news golf courses out um, of the top 10 rankings for Oregon, to put a bow on the end of this really nice story, Pronghorns, both their courses are really, really nice. And it lived up to the hype. I played good golf. I stayed fairly hydrated despite the, uh, the hot sun for my t uh, liking, but I told everyone before we started the show, folks, that Smitty, I told Smitty that Nicholas might be my new favorite architect, and uh, uh, I think Smitty thought he and I both had a stroke at the same time. Um, Matt, what are your no, thoughts no, on- No, only, no, only you had the stroke there. Well, what are your, what, why? What are your thoughts on Mr. Nicholas as, a, as an architect? I take it you're familiar with his work? Um, I, you know what? I, I can't say I've played one of his courses that I'm aware of. Now, however, when you look at a lot of his designs, it's very target-oriented, right? It's hit it here and then advanced it to there to get it to there. So I'm not sure what the pronghorn course would be like. And, of course, it really depends on the land. But even Murfield Village, where they're playing this week, obviously, with the memorial and last week's uh, Workday Charity Open that we're going to talk about, you know, it's very, very much the same thing, which is why they had to move a lot of the tees around because – really you're hitting it to the same spot everywhere it's hit it here to hit it there which is fine if that's what's presented and that's the challenge and it's and it's beautiful great and it's challenging great um but you know what i i think that's a little stale only it's almost like a one-dimensional golf course it forces you to hit it to a certain spot so am i a big fan of that no not really <clears throat> I get what you're saying 100% and I appreciate your individually chosen perspective in this regard because I went about the course as a swashbuckler. I was impressed that like for the first 15 holes just like kind of hitting the driver and hoping and only having a couple come close. I didn't lose a golf ball for a while. It's a, It was a tight desert course. It was a desert, desert, desert course. But I was looking forward to it in that like when you got to the tee boxes, it looked like someone laid a perfect little green hamburger patty of like of a uh, perfect fairway grass on top of it looked unnatural but it looked perfect i mean that's to me that's like the, the appeal of desert golf or whatever but i did notice that yeah maybe because it was just uh me and uh jennifer out there by ourselves i didn't have anyone telling me where to hit it i was figuring it out all on my own i wasn't driving ahead i don't like doing that i like figuring it out from the tee kind of it's like that's what people used to do like anytime my uncle says look at google earth you didn't drive up there i tell him a few but um i really really like want to take the course like for the first time paying attention as it is and yes i did see a lot of places where i'm like oh this is where the hole is directing me and here's where like the openings and where the target golf is but to be fair like i said so long as i wasn't i wasn't really missing too badly i was going for everything and it wasn't a problem i mean the course had a lot of character it's like a lot of uphills a lot of downhills a lot of bunkers that seemed to be the same shape everywhere but they were in so many different spots it just and I really didn't have a problem off the tee. Like I was picking spots from like, I think I need to hit it there. And I hit it there. I was like, whoa, that was close. Or whoa, that was obviously good. Or just, I mean, I got the ball around myself, like like uh, having problems or notwithstanding just in terms of like running out of energy, not hitting the ball, playing golf so much, but nothing to, to uh, not to say to put anything against the design, which I think it was the 16th hole, 15, 16 at Pronghorn Nicholas side are both par fives. And 16 is a devious hole where, like, you're not too sure where the green or, like, you just hit up a hill. Like, hit up this big fairway, up, like, blind shot. And then when you get up there, when your perfect drive goes up to the very top of the hill, you get up there. And I didn't take a picture, but there's a big bunker in the middle of the fairway that's got a steep rock face right behind it. And that's kind of like, oh, that, like, you can kind of see the flag up there. And you think there's fairway behind that rock hill. And I'm sitting there going, like, thank God we're, nobody's sculling it today. I mean, this, this just has pinball written all over it. And then the other two bunkers on the sides of the fairway looked like they were carved out of a cliff. And I'm just like, what did it – like, it, I actually – I was having a good time, played the whole well, but I just sat there going, like, this is kind of sadistic. I get it. I get it. But, I mean, I don't know. You, you enjoy it. You take your lumps. You shut up. I mean, there was one hole, even the signature hole. I forget what number it is. I had, like, a 75-yard approach. And just for fun, there was a big rock wall behind it. I didn't know it had a moat bunker, too, and, like, a water feature. So if you were looking at it, rock wall here, green bunker in between the rock wall and the green fairway slopes up here and there's a pond so i'm sitting over here 75 yards up take a four iron put it sting it right over the flag trying to bounce it off the wall and i did and then it comes off the green and almost rolls back all the way to where i'm at <laughs> but <clears throat> needless to say i'd show you the video but you can't see the ball i don't know how to call that gimmicky or if it's i don't know it's everything was real handsome everything was real tight the conditions were five star like i expected i just 
I don't know. This was this was the one time I knew I was playing Nicholas Scores, and I liked it. It was very very good. I, I would uh, let's put it this way: Would you play there if you had to play there every day? So between the now five golf courses, or uh, let's say four golf courses that banded, because I know how much you hate Pacific Dunes. I don't hate. Would Pacific. you rather? Don't you hate Pack? That's yeah, it's it's more old Mac, really. Oh. Yeah. Well. Anyways, let's say out of the five, so six courses, which one, which one would you want to play every day? Out of all the Band of Dunes courses? Um, and, and the uh, pronghorn there. Hmm, that's, that's real tricky because I like the pronghorn one the best, but it doesn't have the views of the ocean that like doesn't necessarily come with Lynx Golf or where you're at in the country per se. So I probably would have like Bandon Dunes, the original 18, edged out in terms of like what's my everyday play course or Sheep Ranch, obviously. I'd take Sheep Ranch. I'd play that course every day. I mean, but uh, yeah. I mean, it was a desert course and it just. Just different style, what, different <clears throat> taste. If I was if I was hitting the ball any worse, probably, or I was like spraying the driver any any worse than I was, it would be really, really, really. I probably would have had a a lot rougher go of it. But I mean, I was hitting the ball decent to better than decent, and we were at four thousand feet, so I was getting a lot of good um uh, a lot of good elevation. I was playing for the elevation, and it was working. I mean, shoot, I think when I was at Tokati, I had three holes in a row where I was like one ninety out and hit six iron to like like to like eagle situations every time just like bam 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 like that was big. i just had a six iron again six iron again it was just just trust it and hit it so I don't it's amazing it's amazing sometimes how you play definitely affects how you would rate a golf course right mm. like oh yeah at, at bandon i got dusted for some reason like obviously we were late in the trip but i got just killed by bandon dunes of all of all courses and immediately i'm like i didn't really like that one the best but at mm -hmm. the same time, I didn't play that well at trails, but I thought trails like had the best shot values. Like I had to hit a high draw in here, like a low cut in there. And I really had to think about what I'm hitting. But it's just funny how those perspectives change as, you know, you play better or worse on the golf course. So, yeah, no, it sounds like a great track. Something that uh, people should definitely maybe plan a trip for if they're in Central Oregon, for sure. Yeah, I. <clears throat> you said it best with trails because uh, trails again is because I'm liking like just how I'm like playing golf or how people play golf. Trails is starting to fly up my power rankings again, just because I'm looking at it as like, what if all these courses were just 18 holes by themselves? How would they fly? And I look at trails going like it could work anywhere. I mean, it's just it's just that's the way the golf. It, it's a golf course. It's just it's like Pumpkin Ridge, even though they have two tracks there. But I mean, you get what I'm saying. It's just I. I wish you could have more ocean views, but if you're not going to give me any ocean views, give me Bannon Trails. I mean, I mean, when people say, oh, you can see it from the first tee and 14 tee, I'm like, yeah, you can go jack off in a ceiling fan. I mean, that's, you're, you're there for, <laughs> you're there for all the other, pull it together, Matt. You're there for all the other, like, elements that are, like, you know, woodland golf or just, like, you know, the, the design that is core Crenshaw. Mm -hmm. Now, now back to the caddy situation. You said you had goat caddies, so you... And that they were sometimes assholes. So you had Stevie Williams on the bag for that. <laughs> well, wait, goat. Goat's a real funny word because you can be the the goat greatest of all time, and then you can be the goat as in like you know you're the like the worst player on the team or something like you know that's why you're kicked down to backup catcher. I mean, I've been the goat before that goat, the the latter, not the, the scapegoat. Before. Yeah, see, there you go. Um, they, uh, it's funny. I mean, they're. <laughs> We didn't know we didn't know who we were getting. Like we thought we were getting both of them, but it just depends on like how they are because they're literally livestock. Like you don't know how they're going to be today. And it's funny because like the one hand would say, "Oh, they've been really good. He's been really good today. Mike's been really good today." I'm like, I don't know. He's been slacking behind, and eating a lot of grass. But other than just like standing here holding our bags and you holding his rope, he's doing all right. I mean, this this does take a lot of training, I guess. I mean, but it's funny because when you drive up there, there is a little pen that says Caddyshack, and like you see like these two goats stand there eating hay, just like suck. It's <laughs> just like. <laughs> <laughs> that's gotta be it, it, it you're saying the abandoned one's a little more civilized oh yeah we got electricity we got running water we got at least one two three four five six set over six vending machines we have a running kitchen that with like paid human beings that, that are clothed that run it i mean yeah we're we're very civilized abandoned dunes but um but yeah these guys they, they're just in it literally for the peanuts because like when we went up for our round uh we were like hey we're the caddies they weren't in the pen we looked over across the little trail and they were like 
staked in the ground, but they were just free-ranging the brush, just sitting there just eating the brush. And, like, one of them, like, went to lay down, but he fell over. He was looking at us. He's like, I'm cool. He's just, like, laying on the side, just eating the brush. Like, I got what I want. I mean, that's why goats are one of my favorite animals, really, is just, like, for sake of, like, they're universally, like, ignored. Yet, like, you know, they they have really good hide, really good milk, really good meat. And they're also, like, a really hardy animal to be like, you want me to eat that tin can? You want me to eat that poop? You want me to eat that gravel? I'll eat. You just put me in this area. Oh, there's grass? Thank you. You need that chewed? I mean, goats will do whatever, and they'll just turn it into whatever. I mean, it's they're a very, very, very forgotten animal. Very versatile, for sure. <laughs> and needless to say, this, uh, the, yeah, that ranch, uh, to wrap up the golf part, the uh, Sylvie's Valley Ranch, um, I'm going back for sure. They have hunting, fishing, horseback riding stuff that we didn't even get to. When you get on property, they give you a, um, there's no cell phones that work out there. There is Wi-Fi on property, so you can have devices that still communicate, but they give you a Motorola radio and there's a charger in your room and uh, they give you like an easy go cart and like with like swampers on it. And it's like, this is your like wheels for the property. Enjoy. And, uh, and honestly, like I was joking around with Jennifer when we were having, like the dinner is like a five course, like, uh, executive chef cooked every night it's normally family style but covid case everyone just gets their own tables now but uh when we were leaving the last night we were there like this group of 40 ferrari enthusiasts like came in or something and like the the, the capacity for the place was like 40 like we didn't understand like where they were coming from what they were doing but like we were having like served like just some of the it was some of the best potatoes and bread just everything in there was the best i mean and it's just a it's just a resort ranch you can go there our like our cabin we wound up uh, upgrading to a cabin and it was great it had more bathrooms than it did bedrooms like we had a hot tub like our own hot tub that overlooked a pond and like overlooked like the like the valley where you can see deer roaming around and antelope are out there i mean it's like wild it's like it's the wild west but it's a luxury uh resort and you're not allowed to tip anyone on property everyone bends over backwards and gives you everything and then some and you're not allowed to tip them it drove me bonkers because like we had dinner with the owner's son and the next day he's like hey let me take you out shooting the, no, tomorrow night free of charge that cost people hundreds of dollars and we couldn't even tip him. He's like, we just went out and like shot a bunch of guns that I never thought I'd seen in my life. And just like, and he's just like, oh, that was fun, guys. See you at dinner. It's like, are we, are we in a dream here? And like, we get back to the cabin. It's like dirty dancing, but like half the size of the people there. It's just like, just you've seen. No, you haven't. Never mind. Um, it's like some, no, I haven't. Picture like like a week of like traditional family camp, but it's at this like ritzy resort. But it's still kind of an old rundown resort because it's still in the mountains, and people only go there in the summertime to like maintain it or work it. So, except this place is year round. And it snows there a lot in the wintertime. They have, like, winter golf. They have hickory clubs. I mean, it's – if you want to be a golf pro and just sit and play a Candy Crush on your phone, it is the best place to go. You have a great view of the shop. You see people coming from a mile away, and you barely have phones. Are you kidding me? That When I was a pro, Matt, that was my favorite thing to do is get this shop early, get really high, go to the kitchen and make, like, a giant free deli sandwich about, like, this tall. People can't see. It's about, like, eight inches tall uh, plus bread. And then, and then I, and then um, it's still an hour before we open. I make sure the till and everything's open. And then I just start playing online zombie soccer or something. So, <clears throat> little, little bit different than my pro experience, I will say that. <laughs> at, at a private club, I actually had members to take care of, which was a pain in my oh, ass. But that, that, that's a, that's another story altogether. Anyways, okay. Well, enough about the personal golf. I just wanted to gush and ramble as much as I could because I'm going back there again. And not just because of the golf. I mean, it's, uh, it turns out I was born in that area, but as I was joking with my grandmother on Facebook, it's like, yeah, but I only lived there for like five minutes. She's like, no, you didn't. You lived for like two or three days. I'm just like, ha ha, my granny still got jokes. So shout out granny. Um, <clears throat> so we have a, a tournament, two tournaments, same course. Uh, we don't really, we, since we're not really a show that has a penchant for talking about the future much, uh, <laughs> you I said to Smitty before we started recording, I said, Colin Morikawa finally wins. And then I started talking about something else. And I looked up after 36 seconds. I'm like, what, why are you, are you frozen? What's that look on your face? And you're like, he said, Colin Morikawa won last year. And I'm like, I know, but I keep saying he has won like for three tournaments now. So this one I want to get right. So Colin Morikawa wins. Cross that off the list right there. Yum. He did. He did in grand fashion as well. Right. I was. Who are you rooting for? Who were you rooting for in the playoff? I was rooting for JT. Like this, him and his new swing. Love it. Well, you know what? <laughs> Even before that, I in his new swing. Like fuck. I I was I was going for Victor Hovland to be honest with you. So that's actually a good point. Yeah, I forgot about I, I got home and you know obviously it was moved up due to weather concerns in the afternoon. So they uh, teed off, I think, coverage came on at 11. 
Um, but I, when I got home, I believe Thomas was at like 15, Morikawa was at 15, and Hovland was at like 13 under. And they were on 12. So like Morikawa, I had seen some highlights, like was basically shooting darts all day. So it was oh. very, it, you know, to watch that type of level of golf and, and guys that, can, that are in the zone with their swings like that is fun to watch. Now, is it because he just has that um, – Nor- well, not Norwegian. I, I'm not getting the wrong country. No, I'm, I'm saying specifically that Scandinavian because I'm Finnish. I understand. Uh, he, he just has that Scandinavian air about him where I'm like, is he just like, like a nice guy or whatever, or is he like really enjoying himself out there? Because like, he'll hit a shot where it's just like, oh, my God, is he licking his chops, or is that just the look that he has on his face all the time? I mean, which I'll take A or B. I like them both. Yeah, it's really interesting to watch his, his flight tracer too, like the shot tracer, whatever they call it, because it, when it takes off, on the way up, it almost looks like it's drawing, and then when it comes down, it's like cutting. Like, I don't know if it's just the angle of the coverage or whatever the camera angle is, but it's, it's heard, quite interesting. Have, have you ever heard of Tiger Woods' look? I, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. No. Okay, now I heard, I heard Joe LaCava talking about this on the range when they, like, in the past year did, like, a canned little, like, video session of them on the range. But it wasn't instructional. It was just, like, here's these two on the range at night somewhere just, like, screwing around. And, like, Joe kept saying over and over, it's like, oh, you're hitting that slick again. I like that. And Tiger's like, yeah. He's like, I can tell every time you drop your foot back, you're about to hit it. And I'm sitting there, like, like on the edge of my seat going, what's the slick? What's the slick? And evidently, it's between a slice and a hook. So if you ever look at, like um, – and it's, I call it a screwball, like, honestly, to me, where, like, it starts going one way and finishes going the other way. But it's like Tiger has a thing where it's like, see, I'm having to reset it in my head real quick. Look, so it starts off like a slice. So when it gets up in the air, like, he pulls it a little bit and it goes a little, uh, like, left or right. But then once it gets to its apex, it's almost like the wind shifts and it drops straight back down, if not with a draw drop. So that's why, mm-hmm. why they call it a slook. And I think that's a really stupid name. That's why nobody's saying it or I'm not pronouncing it right. I don't know. So. Yeah, like it, it's always fun to watch him play. And then, you know, they got up to the drivable 14th, right? Which they had moved the tees up for this event only. It's never been up there for the Memorial Tournament. No, no, and no. and I, I think Thomas was up first, if I'm not mistaken. He hits a seven iron down the middle to 95 yards. He ends up making birdie. But Hovland steps up, hits a driver, which he had hit it, I, I want to say Friday or Saturday, hit it to about 15 feet. So had a great eagle look, but in this case, he, it just squirts right, catches the bank, just rolls into the, into the water there. So really he's only off by five, 10 feet gets punished, but then more cows up and he steps up and hits a laser right over the flag to about 25 feet for Eagle. So just the balls on the kid to step up. He just watched one guy lay up. He watches one guy hit in the water and it's pivotal. I think he's down one shot at that point. And he just lasers one. So, you know, watching those guys play, um, you know, then Morikawa gets in trouble on 15. Thomas makes an eagle after hitting a great four iron right over the pin. Mm -hmm. uh, Knocks it in to go three up with three to play now. And then obviously bogey 16, the part of three. Morikawa lasers another one. Doesn't make his birdie, but ends up birding 17. And pars 18 when Thomas bogeys to get into the playoff. And and I think that's really when the fun begins because, you know, it was awesome to watch. And and I had pretty much said Thomas, you know, after being three up three to go, you know, I think he's got it in the bag. And I think a lot of other people did as well, but then you get to the first playoff hole where Thomas gets in trouble off the tee ends up hitting one to the back left corner of the green, which would be great for the Memorial because that's usually where the Sunday pin is, but the pin happened to be front left. He drops a 50-footer, and then you're just like, holy shit, this can't get any better. And then Morikawa dumps his 20-footer in to go to another playoff hole. So, you know, ended up being a great show. And and I know you were talking about uh, Justin Thomas's swing there and how, you know, you thought that he slowed it down, and he's it not was, really. It was all the compilation replays I saw, highlight reels, and the few live time shots of him I saw in, like, the second and third round where – when he was really throttling and doing well, they were mostly on approaches. They were mostly wedge shots, and there were a few iron shots. But I swear, I, I did see him once hit a wood or a driver, and I swear to God, I mean, if anyone knows JT Swing, he very much uses his small frame in the whole, like, sense of, like, one of Newton's laws where it's just like if you push against something, you'll get equal force pushed back. So he essentially – you got sneeze? Oh. <laughs> 
I thought you were be like, oh, I'm about to curse or something. Uh, <laughs> no, so essentially, like anyone who knows Justin Thomas's swing, like nobody pushes. Like I don't want to think about his him and Matt Wolf are the two guys I don't want to think about while I'm swinging because I'll just be like, I'll probably fry my swing like for the next ten minutes and be like, no, 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 gotta pull myself back. But all the swings I saw of him seemed to be like so beyond measured and controlled I thought this is clearly something different like every single swing I saw of his I'm like that is a 75% swing and I saw a lot a lot a lot of swings enough for me to justify that okay however he's getting there off the tee I think he's found something new that's not hurting his wrist or whatever and it's just these these nails yeah I didn't really notice anything in the long game like obviously uh number 15 the par five he smokes that four iron like he was going after some shots but I, I did notice, especially the tee shot on 12, the downhill over the par kind of uh, homage to number 12 at Augusta with the, with the green running perpendicular to the creek, or sorry, parallel to the creek there. Um, that, yeah, when, when he does take a lot of club and he slows it down, he does have that nice, smoother tempo shot, um, as, as well with the, the sand wedge on 14 that he hit to about yeah. 10 feet or so. Really slows it down, nice, smooth tempo. So, yeah, good observation from you there. Um, not something I noticed really with the three-wheeler driver, but definitely something I, I think our viewers could emulate if you're going to kind of pick a stock number, like a knockdown number with a specific yeah. club. You think about tempo, not so much trying to flight it, you know, higher or lower because mm-hmm. – Obviously, with less speed, it's just not going to get as high in the air. It's just physics, really. If the launch angle is the same, but the speed's different, all things considered equal, that shot's going to fly lower than a stock shot. So, yeah, like it, has, it. it hasn't been said in a long time, and we'll have our first ever Coach's Corner with Coach Matt here. But um, ultimately, that was an old tip I heard a long time ago in Golf Digest from 20 years ago where they said, like, pick a yardage and just try to hit that yardage with all your clubs. I mean, you don't have to be perfect with it. It's like, yeah. Hit, hit say 120 and try hit 120 120 yards carry with your five iron or 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 roll up to with your five iron pick it and just like just have fun with it that to me that's why i don't like the ranges because i don't have enough fun out there i look at the range as the gym mm-hmm. and i don't like going to the gym it's just like nope i need to do this correctly for the better of my body and if i don't do it right then i'm set back and if i do do it right that just means great do it again tomorrow the same way i mean that's why i just look at it like nah go perform but that's that's where lifting weights and golf like split like in their in their analogy so so to speak but i mean well i look, look, well, here, here's this. a great uh, here's a great drill for you if that's something you're looking for is you know whatever your sand wedge number is like mine's 118 in the air. <laughs> so so let's say you know 105 or 110 is like a a, a knockdown sand wedge or three quarter whatever you want to call it try to hit five shots in a row to that yardage but see how many clubs you can go up comfortably. So if I'm hitting it 110 yards, hit it with your sand wedge, then hit it with your gap wedge, then hit it with your pitching wedge, then your nine iron, then your eight iron. Try to hit that same yardage in the air with those different clubs to really get that feeling of having to slow it down. So still taking almost a full swing, but just mm-hmm. slowing it down to kind of really feel where that, I, I, I guess that uh, um, releases and where your and, hands are at impact. Absolutely. And you can still groove it like that too. I mean, your flight might mm-hmm. not be ideal. Absolutely. It might not be this big. You might not need to hit this type of nine iron, 100 yards because there's a creek in front of you. It's like, well, yeah, then don't. But at least so long as you know, that's what I like about driving cars or when I used to, I used to race, not like anything serious, but like back in the day or whatever, like race cars. I like, I was really good at it because I like to like take the car and be like, we got to figure out what it can do. Like what it can yeah. and can't push its limits and then you know okay well guess what this wedge doesn't do this or this shaft does not do this i mean even though golf is still like i still don't understand how a ball can be a foot below my feet and i still pull it left big time still guess what there's some things you can x out in the in like in the physics and logic category of golf there are some some things that venn diagram meets so um ultimately thank you for the coach's corner maddie um i'm 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 happy to see let me rephrase my whole um uh, a poor take of uh uh, JT having uh, a new swing. Eh, excuse me. I'm going to akin this to like Bill Simmons saying uh, about 11 years ago that LeBron James needs a post-up move. Uh, essentially, we have a really good golfer who we might have seen develop a new like weapon in the bag where it's just like all of a sudden when it comes like 80 to 120 yards, this guy just has a whole new altitude that he's or a whole new percentage of dispersion and accuracy that he's dealing with. And hello, JT's good at a lot of other shit to begin with too. So, I mean, it's it's always nice to see 
a guy uh, grow another skill set. Like in baseball, I mean, I hate to say you see guys with a certain amount of tools. Rarely do you see them develop one more tool or more than that. I mean, it's like some you'll see two, maybe three, but those maybes are still just the one, and it's still just a mate. So, well, well, here's a big thing too from last week, and it's good to see out of Thomas was. Um, I, I'm not sure which event it was, whether it was Colonial, um, Hilton Head, whatever it was, but his, his putting stats were like next to last. And, really then obviously, and, and then obviously this week, you know, you don't get around Muirfield Village. And I know the greens were, you know, air quote here, slower than normal, only running 11 or 12. Um, whereas Memorial usually has 13 or 14 on the stint meter. But it was, good to, it was good to see him. I, I think he had one... Well, his first bogey of the tournament was the second hole of the last round. Like, that was his first bogey of the entire tournament. Right. So, obviously, you're getting it around and you're getting it in the hole and making a lot of putts, um, especially in that, like, 5 to 15-foot range if you're not making bogeys. So, good to see that. All right. All right. Well, listen, I'm glad you mentioned putting then. And, and let's go back to this because, I, I yes, I listen to the no laying up guys because unless you tell me to go look some up a PGA Tour stat, I'm not going to. But uh, have you seen Colin Morikawa's putting stats? How in the hell did he win that tournament? What did he do? Did he have 100% in every single other category, Smith? Well, it's pretty easy to play golf when you're hitting it to like five feet all day. Right, but even his five-foot numbers are like, well, like, okay, good, good point. Is, but, but look I, at I believe, I believe look it is. Hideki. Oh, Hideki can't roll a rock to save his life. It's like he's literally trying to putt with a rock. It's, it's not even rolling. Are we listen, folks? And and Lee, I love you, Lee, because you are now that you have to. I know you have to gamble every day, and your golf picks are amazing. But everyone, listen up. We're into year two of Hideki doing this. I'm in year ten of Louis Oosthuizen doing this to me. Okay, we can ditch the Hideki cruise ship. We know what he's good at, and that's it. He's a one and a half tool player right there. Yeah, he's he's wonderful at the one handed follow through. I believe that's all so he's good am at. I. I prefer the zero hand follow through, especially after topping drivers. But that's yeah, we don't have to get into that. But yeah, speaking of one hand follow throughs, I had a really good one, very first tee at the Hankins course at Sylvie's Ranch. I um I was really tired. I decided to tee off with the wood for some reason. And yeah, I know how to one handed finish. It's in my Twitter profile. Uh, I'm the king of the one handed finish. But for some reason, at impact, that was where I decided to let go of the club and just stop both my hands. So I, I one handed finish like this. <laughs> just like right in front of me like this like what happened <laughs> if, 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 if you remember correctly my tee shot at 10 trails when you caddy for me I was hitting a five wood off the deck and I just hit this low draw bullet and I thought I had actually I was hitting it so bad I had no idea where it was going I thought yeah. I had actually duck hooked it into the shit so I went with the zero hand follow through kind of like that JT quick drop of the club where it slams straight under your feet, basically. Oh, wait, see, that's, I call that a Wesley Bryan, even though I prefer JT. Wesley sure, Bryan, yeah, yeah, the Wesley Bryan. Right yeah, <laughs> and I ended up smoking like a five with like 300 yards right down the middle, and everybody's like, what the fuck I was just, wrong with that? And I'm like, I dude. I remember, I, I, I don't remember, this wasn't my quote at the time, because things, it's, it's been a while, whatever, but... To be fair, I'm pretty sure I told you that had to have been the best tee shot, whether on purpose or not, without a driver that made it that far. Because I see drivers get up there, and it's just like, sir, this is a top five drive. And you got up there with the wood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was the best worst shot I've ever hit in my life. But, oh, I love that. But, yeah, like Morikawa, <laughs> to get I'll back. Morikawa like, putting stats. I mean, okay, yeah, so let's – yes, if you hit it to five feet all day, eventually, like, you, you're going to make some putts and you can't miss or whatever. But I remember – they were breaking down all his putts from all like every five feet of uh, range, and his best stat was like 106 or something, and that mm -hmm. was like from a very arbitrary range, like eight to 12 feet or 10 to 15 feet or something. Yeah, so something I noticed actually because they they clearly slow mo his stroke all the time, and I love the kind of worm cam when they're putting, right? Because you can really see their stroke. Yeah. And, or and the once... of the bumps in the green too. I like that. Like somebody misses like a like a popcorn kernel or something. Definitely. But uh, what you see in Morikawa's stroke is what they call a loop. So if you were to draw like a figure eight, and obviously it's, it's like the double loop, right? Um, it, what you'll see is he pulls it back. I believe it goes a little bit outside and then it loops to the inside at transition. And that's something that a lot of guys that struggle, especially on the shorter putts, that'll happen, right? Because you're redirecting the putters in a different direction than what yeah, you pulled it back as so i'm stuck with that because i know the mechanics of being a good putter i've achieved them before but i so want to be a field putter 
I so mm-hmm. want to be a field putter without mechanics, and I'm literally caught in between because it's like every time I step over the ball, the mechanics dominate because it's like, well, I have a sound stroke, but in the end, it's like, yeah, but my sound stroke hasn't worked. I need to try something different. And I'm just that's why I'm always caught in the rift. Yeah. So when you almost figure, miss I that, I loop at I, least two or three putts around my good or bad rounds. It happens often. Mm-hmm. But like I'm I know, not, and I'm an amateur amateur. I'm not. I'm not Colin Morikawa. Exactly. I think it was, I'm not sure how long his par putt was on 18 in regulation. I want to say 18 inches or 22 inches, but we're talking less than two feet for a PGA tour star. Oh. And well, he no, barely I'm made it. Putting, but I can, I can handle anything inside three feet. I, I can do that. That doesn't bother me. I, I, no, I could have 40 putts on my round. I can still walk up to a two footer and be like, I got this. Like my, my, yeah. my, my mechanics are, are mentally are good in that regard usually we backhand those in our tuesday group like honestly how do you miss them you you don't but he almost did we know that yeah everyone who's listening knows what we're talking about when you hit it backwards yeah exactly (laughs) you hit the back of your putter you just knock it in scoop it out of the hole next hole let's go well no i've unfortunately been playing an aussie two ball lately so when i have those close ones i flip it over lefty and try to hit the toe and to be fair i have not made many that way but i mean i haven't really tried hard (laughs) that wouldn't that wouldn't work very well with a two ball Indeed. So, I, I mean, is there anything you can, that can lend to? I mean, I didn't look at the other, st- the other stats. The no laying up guys, yes, I am cheating off some of the smart kids in the class. They didn't bring up any of the other stats that um, uh, uh, Nutsack, uh, what's I'm saying, um, Morikawa was dominating in. So do you have anything off the top of your head or your trained eye or your memory that can tell us? I mean, Colin Morikawa is obviously slick. This guy is one now. He won last year. He's in, like, the top – like, he's in the circle very close in the past few tournaments. I mean – Mm-hmm. Save for an obvious balky putter here or there. So what is what would you say? Let me ask you, Matt. What would you say is makes Colin Morikawa so great? Iron is there, play. Is there a single most you'd say is iron play? Single? Luke Donald's good at iron play. Come on. Yeah, but he's not that long, right? I, I would say for, for, for a guy that averages about 165 mile per hour ball speed, the guy gets every last bit of distance out of that 165 ball speed. And I, I'm sorry to shit on Luke Donald, but I mean, obviously, even guys like Luke Donald and maybe some people who are younger than us listening to this, I doubt that because I've really tried to alienate my uh, millennial audience and they can go fuck themselves. I don't care. But like Luke Donald wasn't that long ago that well, the equipment he was using does not benefit him. Do you think in this day and age that like we have good equipment for golf now? That can cover up a lot of glaring holes in the pros' games. Not to mention, folks, you obviously may know this when it comes to the clubs. They're not grabbing the stuff off the rack and playing with it. Not only that, they're getting golf balls specially made from them from the companies. Every single golf ball you see on tour, if you find one in the rough and you get to keep it, that ball has different specifications than is anything of a Titleist you find on any rack in any pro shop, any country club, any big five sporting goods. Yes, yes and no. There are some guys that use some older models that they don't produce anymore. Um, but I would say very few have, have a custom custom ball but yeah you're right they're, oh, they're I'm not, not using I'm clubs i'm not saying custom custom them like a tour accuracy dd or tour accuracy tw i'm saying that the titleist pro v1 x on tour is not the titleist pro v1 x that every one of us buy with our regular dollars and you know what that's fine yeah you're right like, the... that, that'd be like if the pros are allowed to play with wooden bats and we're allowed to play with metal bats and i look at it like good keep it that way or vice versa i see so long as you keep it that way i mean you don't have to tell us or keep it a secret you're already charging us enough for golf balls it doesn't matter golf balls are great has anyone played the pro v that's an argument i used to get in with my old podcast guys all the time because one of them was a 25 handicap and he insisted that if you played a pro v or a top flight his score would be the same and i just feel in my heart of hearts i've seen enough golf and i've gone through it before i felt like if you switch to a pro v and you'll shoot 90 and you're a 95 shooter you're gonna shoot 90 just you just you're just gonna there's something about that golf ball that's going to be a little bit straighter, a little bit longer, and it's going to work for you, and it's going to build a tiny bit of confidence for you, and you will shoot better than, than what you're always shooting. It's just that's what technology is. It's like riding a llama versus driving a car. One is going to be better for everything. Well, here's my question to you in regards to that is, if you're shooting 90, okay, the, probably the majority of your strokes are within 100 yards. Okay, I see, I see where this is going, yeah. Keep going. So – where do you need the spin? And to be honest, a Pro V is probably going to spin less off a driver so it, than a top flight. So it's going to go farther, in theory, everything else equal. But now you're getting the added control around the green. So, of course, you're going to score better. Like that argument, if you're a 35 handicap, you are still going to have better shots with the Pro V1 and with the top flight. It's just data. It's just science. It's the nature of the beast. It is what it is. Everybody can benefit from playing a tour ball, 
Now your pocket and your wallet does not benefit from playing tour ball. Well, it's, it's exactly, I would say, not exactly. I'm just thinking about this as I go. It's like the tires you put on your car. Most all the tires are fine. You could probably spend a little bit more and get something you don't need. But guess what? That's security. That's helpful. That's peace. Or for some people, placebo. We cannot lie that the placebo effect is a huge effect in golf. And I got to admit, that, that happens for me. If I happen to – I remember, like, the first few rounds I piped, a, uh, like, a pro V off the tee. I started thinking, this is a golf ball that drives well. I could do that with Strixon, right? That's why I'm switching to Strixon right now is because there's something – I'm thinking there's something to Cam Champ in his ball, blah, 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 whatever. But it's, it's just – for me, it's visual. It's, rem- it's remembrance. It's marketing. It's whatever. It's how it grabs each golfer. So, to me, I mean, that, that's how it grabs me. But, I mean, I also look at, like, well, well, recency, confidence. It, I don't like Callaway golf balls, but I'll be the first to tell you I never hit one really bad. But I just – there's just something about them I don't like. I don't – I'm not prejudiced against them. I have them in my golf bag. I finished my round yesterday with a Callaway golf ball. No big one. I think, the, I think the thing with Callaway golf balls that scars me is just flashbacks of Sergio taking swipes out of the bunker in Saudi Arabia. That really? That's what scars you? Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> that and awful Phil Mickelson commercials. That's about it. <laughs> wait, wait, I thought those Miz and Main commercials were awful when he's dancing and like doing the, the kicks over the. <laughs> Not good. Your face. Not oh, good. I think it's great. Oh, man. Oh, and speaking of, I forget who it was. It was like Coach G on Twitter. Some, uh, some I don't have his handle ready, but did you see Phil with those glasses and he did like a fear and loathing uh, on Las Vegas thing with the cigarette holder? Oh, my God. I love the internet when it's not being political, and it's always political. Oh, shucks. Um, and before I forget, uh, speaking of the internet and stuff, I wanted to put up on the pod wall of fame here. I got a very, very nice care package from uh, Golf Hippie. He's found at Golf Hippie on Twitter. Uh, golf, golf underscore underscore hippie, hippie yeah uh it's a parody account i it, it might be somebody who's already a friend of ours don't know but he sent me a whole lot of nice stickers so many that i don't know what to do with them we're gonna start putting them on everything but uh that's very very nice of him uh so cliff that's his real name oh sorry thank you cliff i mean he, i well i know it's i got a note from cliff right here it's but i got judge smale's letter right here i mean we got these aren't fans of the show these are just fans of jerry lou that i will get these people on the show i mean golf hippies and, and golf judges i think we could have a pretty good back and forth forum here don't you think i mean who would hate a hippie more than judge smales come on you've uh-huh. seen enough of golf movie in that regard you know judge smales uh, attitude what what movie is that um, uh, I, I believe it was um uh, uh oh god what was it um the big meat the green legend movie. of bagger vance no, I think it was uh, the green, big green, the big green, that kid, or the the kid from the Sandlots, the in the soccer movie. <laughs> We're talking about Caddyshack for those people following along at home. Oh, thank you. Okay, <clears throat> I thought we were talking about Ozark, and I just went down a dark road, um, but that's okay. So let's get back to the tournament. We're, well, actually, you know what? Let's we can we can switch gears here real quick before we wrap up the show and do like a little preview of the next tournament because guess what? It's at the same place. So that thrills it, you. You were you were clearly uh, <laughs> a gap a gap a gape over there. I mean, he, folks, he was Sorry. the first shot. He he looked like that screen poster. He just like, he just he was just sitting there or painting. My me. my um, bad. I, I was mid yawn here. You know, Tiger's back. Phil's playing. Brooks is playing. Um, but how do you not bet on Bryson? I don't know. Like, I believe he has top fives and every start since returning. Um, He's hitting it long. He's hitting it straight. What do you need at Mirfield? Well, long as straight doesn't hurt. It'll be interesting to see a few lines he takes, but I don't see him playing bat, playing poorly. I was uh, I was messaging with Ryan Armour the other day. Or I might have mentioned this in the last episode, uh, but uh, how and I got this line from somebody else. But how Bryson is uh, playing golf with cheat codes right now, and he he thought that was funny because it's like, yeah, I mean, these a lot of these guys, whether they're purists or not, I mean, it's like Bryson is. I'm still. I'm still. <laughs> I want him to start winning. Sue me. You know what? I, and in this day and age, it's like, I'm not going to label myself a Bryson fan per se, because I mean, shoot, that could, that could lose a lot of fans on Twitter or get you a lot of flack or whatever. But ultimately, what, who's to say, let's have the guy, the first guy on NASCAR who put like a fin on the back of his car and have it start winning a bunch of races. It's just like, sure. Let's just see something outside the box. And if, if, if Bryson DeChambeau is going to be what our outside the box is, then fine. Whatever. I was hoping for a new Jim Furyk or something, and that was why Matt Wolf came along or something. But, I mean, it's well, – well, Bryson DeChambeau, that's why I'm trying to, like, break down his whole game and his swing. It's like there's nothing sexy about it other than his, like, weight gain and his muscles. That's it. Other than his yep. swing speed. 
but that's that's all he was trying to do like he even outsmarted me it's just like why i'm like looking around going like why why are we all breaking this down it's like there was nothing to break down he was trying to achieve club head speed or ball speed and that's what he's doing with a single plane swing that's it simple as that and uh you know we're gonna get some advertising out of the way you see this hat on my head no you don't you're just listening right now but one day in the future you will be seeing this and i am wearing gorse golf's logo gorsegolf.com head covers Made in the USA by my buddy Crazy and his beautiful wife, Christine. Gorsegolf.com, G-O-R-S-E, golf.com is, gorse.golf.com is the uh, <clears throat> website. You can find them at that website, gorsegolf.com. Find them at Instagram, at gorsegolf. And the important part is go to the coupon code and put in bomb squad pod, all one word. You'll get 10% off a great head cover that is already, honestly, uh, there we go. That is already a great, uh, it's already 50% uh, cheaper than any other Seamus Golf for like Lords and Links and Legends or like those belts that cost $300 or whatever. Not enough. It's 50, 40 bucks for his top merchandise, beautiful merchandise. Talk to crazy, you'll get you good stuff. Plus 10% off coupon code bomb squad pod in the coupon code area. Instagram at Gorse Golf. You want to see their merch. Uh, we, what else do we have to talk about? You, uh, I, uh, you look good. <laughs> well, you know, I, I would have it no other way. But, uh, no, I got nothing else on tap this week. Just looking forward to the return of Tiger. Um, see how he looks coming out of his extended quarantine. And, and you know, we know the golf course now. We know what we're, uh, what we're looking at. We know who the victims are going to be. And let's see how, uh, how it turns out on Sunday. Over, under. Okay, I'm up. I didn't pose this to you uh, the proper way. We've never seen this ever in history. Yes or no question, Matt. We've never seen this in PGA Tour history where we're playing any type of event two times in a row, whether full field or limited field or both, both vice versa, back-to-back, uh, -back, correct? Correct. So the winning score last week was 19-under, correct? That's correct. Would you wager that the – would you say that the conditions would be harder or easier this week? Uh, very weather dependent, but I would imagine the rough is going to be tougher, but an interesting stat I saw is that more, more putts were made. Strokes gain putting was higher. Well, not strokes gain. It wouldn't be that, but let's just say the percentage of putts made between, you know, 15 and 30 feet was actually higher in last year's Memorial than last week's, um, mm. day charity open. So the slower greens, on slower greens, they actually made less putts than last year. Over under, winning score 19 and a half. Oh, under. Really? Whoa, you said that really quickly. I was debating if it should be 18 or 19 and a half. Why did you take the under so quickly? And don't pull up statistics saying the under is official. I just came up with that on the top of my head. Okay, good. No. Um, <laughs> you didn't have to show I, me your phone. I was just playing with you. <laughs> I, I would base that off of growing the rough, so harder to advance it to a preferred spot kind of green yeah, side but but but, but no, hold on i hate to say we're we live in a day and age now where like the, the winner might not get in the rough ever hello so i mean that might maybe be a factor right dog uh what about green side I'm, I'm i'm still saying what if you have your hideki's out there who just and suck then, when they and get then to faster greens yeah. Now, this is the other stuff I wanted you to in. I, I didn't want it just to be the higher rough. I'm trying to think like a, more, a tougher field, uh, guys playing here two weeks in a row. I mean, things being that different. That's why I was trying to – the winner this last week was 19 under. I was trying to see if the winner was going to be – you see what I'm saying? Like I was, I was trying to bait you, but you went hard on the under. Hard on the under. Very under. Very under. I'll, I'll put 100 on the under, and uh, we'll call it a night. Hundred on the under? Like, what kind of odds gonna you gonna give me here? Like, like you want odds? Well, like, like, how about how about how about how about how about how about I put like ten bucks and give you ten to one that I get? No, wait, hold on. No, there's no way in hell you you're getting you're getting a hundred dollars out of anybody for like being so full firm on a choice like that. Okay, here's here's two bets. Okay, is Canadian money uh, like yeah? <laughs> something yeah compared to the american dollar absolutely um it's like it's like 84 cents or something you know well, you guys gotta stop so, putting gold in your coins and using those dollars <laughs> so here we go if both hit the other guy the other guy pays okay here's here's what i have for you is 
over under you said 19 and a half or 18 and a half Okay, you know what? Despite your hard under, I'm stick. I'm sticking with 19 and a half as my personal over under on the winning score. The winning score. I don't care about the field or average or the cup. Yep. The winning score. It could be Tiger at 20. Okay. So I will take that for 100. Will you take for 100 the winner being in the top 10? of the OGWR rankings. Jesus Christ! Oh my God, I gotta look that up real quick. That's a, that's a tantalizing bet, but oh God. Oh God. Oh, how, many, now, how many, can you tell me right now out of the top uh, 10 before I look at the list, uh, how, many are, how many of the top 10 are in the field? I couldn't tell you that. Okay, forget it, I, hold on. Well, I need to know how many are playing. Rory's playing? Mm-hmm. Rom's playing? I would imagine, yeah. That's he played cool. last week. <laughs> Just wait. Okay. All right, hold on. I got the I got the top ten list right here. It's a pretty good if, list. If anyone, if anyone from PGA Tour head office is listening, or the tech division, um, there's no stats on the PGA Tour app. So get your oh, shit together. Have you not heard? I mean, that's another reason why I'm not uh, using it. That's been a thing lately. I mean, Jesus Christ. Okay, listen, can you, okay, can you find, like, the field on the app, at least, or tee times or anything? Um, well, yeah. Do you want me to look up the OGWR first? No, I have the OG, OGWR in front of me. I have the top ten in front of me right here. I just okay. want to know, name them off and be like, are they, are they playing in the tournament if there's a quick way for you to figure it out? So you want the field. Now, it I, looks like I only have alphabetical, which is Okay, issue. here. Okay, so, I mean, type in McElroy. Uh, he's playing. Okay, type in Rom. <laughs> <laughs> Rom is playing. All right, JT's playing. I'm gonna assume. Yep. DJ Johnson. Uh, Dustin Johnson. Yes. Simpson. Webb Simpson's playing. He is. Kepka. I think. Yeah, we know Kepka's playing. Yep. We know DeChambeau's playing. Mm-hmm. We know Pat <clears throat> Patrick Reed. Uh, Patrick Reed is playing. Yep. Adam Scott. No Adam Scott. And Patrick Cantlay. Cantlay's playing, defending champ. Will you give me, in lieu of Adam Scott, Shoffley at number 11 in the world? Ooh. I want 10. Yeah, I, 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 will, I will. I will. That's I will, the yeah. only reason why I want to go through each name and see, like, because it could have been, I know it's Jack's tournament, but there's six. That, okay. So you're. But, but he's the guy I have picked to win. So. Oh, oh, Shoffley is? Hmm. There's okay, my okay, no. Give me a green light. Give me a green light, and I can alter. I can alter. No, no. I if you want the top uh, the top ten guys in the field, I will okay. give you the top ten guys. No, no. I tell you what. Okay, here. No, I'll take the top ten in the field minus Scott. No, I'll take the top ten in the world golf ranking minus Scott because he's not in the tournament, and I'll minus Cantlay. I mean, I'll, I'll minus Shoffley at eleven because he's your pick, and he would have rounded mm -hmm. in. I don't think Tommy Fleetwood's playing, is he? No. Perfect. I'll take Morikawa. He's next. Oh fuck. Uh, <laughs> sure. So what's this? What's this? Oh, so it's a hundred on the under. Jesus Christ! No, I was trying to hedge that, so I lost ten. And then a uh, um, hundred on the under, and then a hundred on. You've got the top ten players ranked in the field. Straight up, no kicker. Straight up, no kicker. Do we need a tiebreaker or something? No, no. Like, you gave me a couple good options. I just feel like I'm. I'm, I'm 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 putting all, all my chips on two tables, and if they both show up with food poisoning, I got no horses. Um, well, well, let's put a let's put a a COVID factor in there, right? Oh, what? Like like That's if somebody tests, then you get the next guy. All right, you know what? I'll take all above stipulations with that also as well. That if anyone has to bow out for whatever reason, and that hey, does that include like if Kepka shoots seventy eight in the first round and he dips out just because of COVID reasons? He claims. I mean, I, I wouldn't buy that. Because no, no. What? I, I think if you tee, if you tee up, if you make it through, if you tee it up at least to Friday morning, fine. You have to you have to tee off in your second round. That's Stamp it. it. So I should have adjusted the over under. You're taking the under nineteen and a half hundred bucks. Yes. Good for you. I God, I was trying to hedge that one, and then it's I'm terrible. getting terrible. I'm taking. Yeah, I know, but I'm but I, I want to have some fun. I want to have some fun, some quote unquote fun. Um, and then I'm taking any of the players 
in a in a in an amorphous fashion, depending on the situation, of the current top ten players in the world who are teeing it up still at the end of the fourth round. <laughs> you you can you can Venmo those funds to at Bomb Squad Matt on Instagram and Twitter. That's that's a, that's a very good transition to our end there because uh, I uh, I currently don't have a bank account. That's why I'm I'm trying to win so many bets because I'm just mailing cash, hard cash to people in this time of need. But uh, otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at Jerry Lou Looper, and I changed it to Instagram too at Jerry Lou Looper. So it's Jerry Lou Looper across all social media boards. And please, if you're listening to this, like, just keep hitting five stars and, and just keep like reviewing the show, saying they kick ass, they kick ass, they kick ass. I do it too. Smitty does it too. Well, we don't, but I mean, we should. We all need to do it. That's what's going to get this show better. And those guys, those few dozen of you that are listening to us, that's what's going to make us all part of like top tier family. That's going to get you in on these hundred dollar bets. That Smitty's going to cough up one of these days when he trips over his shoelaces and uh please if you have any questions about the show that you want to have asked we if you email us i swear to god we will ask it we will we will we will dress it down and pamper it up in its entirety bomb squad pod q a at gmail.com the email is bomb squad pod q a at gmail.com smitty is there anything else you'd like to share with fans no sir not this week well hey this week, these, this week and a half, thank you very much for sitting tight with me and my scheduling and my vacation as I'm about to go work another request for a few days and then go on another vacation. Not golf related, but, you know, seeing the sights. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a pleasure. And uh, <clears throat> unless you got anything else to say, I got a nice uh, little message at the end here for our fans. I got nothing. Have at her. Well, thank you very much, Matt. And on behalf of Matt and Jerry, that's the show. And I just want to give a special shout out to Jason Boyle, Chris Shreve, Eric Borchers. You guys are three wonderful gentlemen who had three great groups come in. You guys were all fans of the show. I work for all three of you for different jobs all in the month of June before our podcast even dropped like live or whatever, quote unquote, on June 8th. And you guys were all like great fans who already been listening. I don't know if you came from my other podcast or whatever. Really appreciate you. And keep being fans, and we'll keep talking about you guys. Hit bombs. <laughs>